Welcome to the 74th edition of the Wolves Women Podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and today I'm joined by Tom. Hi, everyone. And we're going to dive into, I was going to say, the last three games, but actually there's only been one of them. Um, so we're going to start with the, the two games that were postponed um, first and then look back at the Black Country Derby semi- in the semi-final um, before looking ahead to what's coming up. At, coming up. Um, start off. Let's start off with the Starbridge game, midweek game. Um, it, it was postponed on the day, but I think they got it out as soon as they could, realistically, due to a waterlogged pitch. Um, th- there's not a lot we could really say about that. It's just it was one of those things, wasn't it, Tom? It was just bucketing it down all week. Yeah, the weather's been absolutely atrocious, hasn't it? Um, throughout last week, so you know, I think we all expected um, this game to be off. To be fair, um, but credit to Starbridge, you know, they got it out quick informed fans and so credit to them but yeah we it's a game which we expected to be off and put out a clear message as well about tickets that that tickets all tickets will stand for the rearranged date and that when they put it on it, it once they got the date confirmed if you can't make it they'll sort out refunds at that point so really yeah sort of well done Starbridge. open honest communication always good uh, especially around um, postponements um so let's move on to uh, sunday's game um, filed. Uh, they were really sort of open on Friday. Announced there was going to be a pitch inspection the following morning. Obviously, yeah, files are on bloody way from anywhere, pretty much. Um, uh, and they wanted to give fans notice. I mean, that was welcome, wasn't it, Tom? Sorry, could you repeat that? You've broken up, sorry. Uh, sorry, yeah, I was just saying the fact that they made it clear on the Friday they were going to do a pitch inspection Saturday morning so that fans knew what was going on, was welcomed by, you know, by far, yeah, far doing that was welcome, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Obviously, you know, because you want, you need to know, especially with fans, why fans travelling up to the game. Um, so, yeah, it was great that they put that out there, but obviously not so great what happened afterwards. Well, yeah, I was going to say, we, they announced that the pitch inspection was passed at 10.45. They announced that at 11.15, so perfectly reasonable time. And then at eight twenty-three p.m. Saturday night, they announced by their main account actually, which was really interesting because the, the the pitch inspection was passed on yeah was announced on their women's account, but their main account posted the news that the uh, that the uh, the game was off was postponed due to unforeseen injuries. I, I mean, Tom, I don't know about you, but I think all injuries are unforeseen, aren't they? Well. <laughs> You can say that, yeah. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Um, obviously, they wanted this game off from me off. Um, it's clear as day that that was the plan. We was hoping that the referee we would put it down to the pitch. That didn't happen. So then, you know, they just panicked and, you know, just between the hours of 11 o'clock and, what, 6 o'clock, they had, what, half of a squad injured. Make it make sense, you know what I mean? It's just pathetic excuses. Um, and it's not the first time that this game has been rearranged now. And I think, you know, what if fans had travelled up, you know, after seeing it past that pitch inspection? Because I know if I couldn't make it, but if I was, I was going to travel up on a Saturday, I would have been already up there. So what happens to fans who would have travelled up, spent, spent half a night up in Blackpool and then gone to the game the next day? You know what I mean? There's there's no consideration in fans whatsoever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a third time it's been been rearranged. I think that it's a poor excuse. I think the league has to take action because you know and and give Wolves a win at the end of the day. Um, because you know it's just just pathetic excuses from Foyle. And you know, I'd, personally, I don't think Foyle are taking this this TR seriously enough. And it's it's just a shambles. It's a mess. Yeah, I know. I saw at least one fan who commented on Twitter that they had booked travel or booked accommodation, which they couldn't get refunded because they booked it after the pitch inspection. Uh, and obviously, yeah, I mean, they travelled up. They made the made the most of it. They went up and had a, the weekend up there, or went up on the Saturday and enjoyed the time up there. But again, it's money that people are laying out in the co- you know when there's yeah money's tight for people and clubs are, are doing that. I mean. In theory, certainly, you know, sort of my knowledge of the rules it is that uh, the league, you know, the league rules is that if they've got seven players, they should be able to play it. I, I mean, I know I've I know of teams which have suddenly had people pull up injured, you know, started the game with seven, kicked off, and and then suddenly put you know 
sprinted 100 metres and then pulled, pulled up injured and gone. So they forfeit, yeah, they, so they can't play. But I'll be honest, I think they're struggling to get... Whilst they've got 20 players named on the on full-time, they've been struggling to get more than 12 onto a team sheet, you know, onto a squad list um, for matches. Uh, I know when talking to Starbridge, um, Richard Everett Starbridge, they only had one sub there and that the sub didn't make it onto the pitch. And you're thinking Starbridge are freshening things up. Unless the person's pretty much walking wounded, you put on a fresh, you have on a fresh pair of legs to try and counter Starbridge being fresh. Um, I I think you're right, Tom. I think that the league needs to take a really hard stance over it because all that will happen is people will just keep on kicking the can down the road until it gets to the summer, and then they won't play the game. And what how what state does that make the league look? Oh, we we couldn't be bothered to finish the season. Well. Start, you know, if I'll keep on kicking the can down the road and games keep on getting postponed, they might not actually play enough games to to um be relegated or, or to be or to even stay yeah, you know, argue whether they could be relegated or stay up. And that's that just becomes messy at that point. Um interesting one, I, 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 and it's not I don't know all the ins and outs of it, so I'm not saying that, that Leafield did the same thing, but Leafield recently or Leafield versus Northampton have recently, uh, or Leafield have recently been punished for not uh, fulfilling a fixture against North, no, Notts County, sorry, against Notts County. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how hard a stance the, the league take against Vard. It really would should be, because I think it should be really strict. As you say, three points and three goals. But the only thing is, I think we'd have probably got more goals if we'd gone up there and played it, in all honesty, Tom. Yeah, without a doubt, um, hundred percent. But if we end up with a goal difference at the minute, don't matter for us because, right, we're not in the league. We're not in the title race, are we? So, um, you know that I think it's more about the principle of it more than anything else. I think that you know the league have got to have a hard look at this because, you know, fouls are just it's just ridiculous. I mean, the weather runs that football club are running it into the ground. And it's sad for their fans who are having to, you know, put up with this week in, week out. Um, but yeah, the league has to take hard action on them. Um, you know, um, teams like this, they, they knew that in midweek that they, they wouldn't be able to field a team against us. They've got to have known midweek and they were just waiting on excuses about the pitch inspection, hoping that would, both the ref would say it's unplayable and that would be their excuse. Mm. If they haven't got a team to play, they should have gone to the FA on Wednesday or Thursday of that week and says, we can't play the game, we can't fulfil the fixture. Mm-hmm. And if you can't fulfil the fixture, give the opposition the three points and stop wasting the time because players would have prepared for this game. Maka and, and the team would have worked hard in training to prepare the girls for this game. They've probably even got travel booked already to take the girls up to the game. And then to be left in the lurch at well, 8 o'clock on a Saturday night and say... We've got no game. It's well, disgraceful. It's, it's disrespectful to the away teams as well. Well, that's it. And of course, eight o'clock on a Saturday night, people will have already made their plans. Okay, it might have been, you know, the club might, Wolves might have known a little bit earlier than that, but they would have already made, but they've made the plans. The players were already, you know, you know gone planned, prepped. Well, I'm not saying they'd all be tucked up in bed, you know, sleep at that point, but principally, the, you know, they would have been playing like, planning for having a game on the Sunday. So therefore they wouldn't be going out having a meal, bit spending time with friends and family. They'll be resting ready for for travel the next day. Or I mean we're assuming they didn't travel up the day before, like you know, some fans have done. So they might, you know, which could have also happened. Um it, it's just yeah, as you say, it's disrespectful to to uh, you know the away fan away fan well away team. It's disrespectful to fans in general. And I think especially when you look at where Filed were what that our first season in this league, recent you know, sort of in this this run, um, when they were chasing us all season, really and truly they were chasing us all season, um, and you see, think some of the players they've had play for that team as well. Who you know, let's be honest, how they you, you know they you know we poached Hannah Fryer off them. They obviously had Faye Mack play for them. Gara Keating you know got first team football playing for them, and now she's an England goalkeeper. You know, so this is not. You know, these haven't been pushed over. They've just been running to the ground over the last couple of seasons. And, it's real, and it is a real shame. And it comes from that lack of investment from the, the senior management. Um, I know there's other teams step up. 
I, I don't think we'll go the way of Fard have done, but we could end up slipping down because we don't have that investment if they we don't keep up with the investment. And Fard's a good Fard and Huddersfield are good examples of what happens if teams don't get investment. They slip very rapidly down this division. It's a very difficult difficult division to to sort of stay competitive in. And and yeah, we can see what happens. Right, let's get off that soapbox and let's move on to the game that happened. Well, I say just about happens, probably better description. Um, this one was due to take place at Telford. It's West Black Country Derby. Um, it got moved very late, didn't it, Tom, in the end to Compton, which I think it hasn't covered everybody in glory. And, and I don't think, you know, let's be honest, Wolves, Telford, the, the County FA haven't, or none of them have covered themselves in glory with this one, have they? Uh, no, they haven't. Um, but ultimately, I'd, I'd, I think that, you know, Wolves wouldn't have wanted it like this. I think it was enforced upon them um, in the end. Um, obviously, you know, we the pitch was totally unplayable um, at Telford. So there's no way we, we could have played on that. I think if a groundman spent all day or all morning working on it, I don't think that pitch would have been playable. Um, so ultimately, you know, we had to make a choice whether, you know, to um, postpone the game and then in face obviously it being flipped to West Brom or move it to Compton and and still have the arm advantage. And um, yeah, it's a difficult decision for the club to make, but you know, ultimately, you know, it's one what they had to make. Yeah, I think it's worth just pointing out the sort of the, what the county FA, yeah, the rules are for this cup competition and to be fair I think other competitions as well but um if the if a game gets postponed twice the game gets flipped to the opposition to host so because this game was originally meant to happen the week after the reading game which the players couldn't do because they're food they were the food poisoning this was the second post this would have been the second postponement and therefore it would have been rearranged to be hosted by um, West Brom, which, I mean, there's a co- conversation to be had about people being in hospital with food poisoning, counting as a postponement, realistic. It, it had to be postponed, but the FA should have been looking at that and going, that that, that game shouldn't have counted as a postponement. That's the, this, is, this is the first proper postponement. This, But there we go. But also, um, there's a 14-day rule found out doing a bit of digging into the, the FA into the rules of this competition so the game must be played um after within 14 days talking to you know others within the competition you know other teams um so it would have either meant rearranging games we've already got causing more fixture congestion or playing the game on Wednesday the 28th and obviously hindsight wonderful thing it wouldn't have mattered so much but that would have meant four games in 10 days and I think Tom we all, you know, we know our girls will willingly sort of run through brick walls for this club and and for the Macca and and the, and and you know and everything. But they're fo- they're not full time professional footballers. They've got day jobs, and asking them to play four games in ten days is just not fair on on those players, is it, Tom? No, definitely not. Um, you know, it's uh, to the point they don't train every single day of the week either. Um, you know, like the teams like we we have come up against this season, like the Sheffields and um not Sheffield, is it? Brighton. Um yeah. Brighton, they train every day of the week. Mm-hmm. Reading, they train every day of the week. So our girls don't is it three times a week we play train now? Yeah. So fitness is gonna come into it as well and then you start risking injuries. And you can't do that, and I don't think, you know, Macca would allow his players to be put into a situation where that's going to happen. Um, so ultimately, you know, we have to put the players first at times. And, you know, that's what that's what we've done. We can't we can't expect a semi-professional team um, who don't train um, every day to, to play four games in, in a short period of time because, you know, you, you're ultimately going to get players injured, you're going to lose players, and you've got to put the players' welfare first. Yeah, and at the end of the day, that's the key. And I think, you know, realistically, if you know, in if it was us in that situation that the, the likes of Laura and Jenna and Maka were in, 
this is the decision we, we will all have made. It's not the right decision. I don't think it's important to note that that it's not great for the club either. Because, I mean, I think when I looked just before um, they made the announcement that it was off, there was about 380 tickets sold. There would have been more than that. There would have been a lot of fans who would have walked, you know, would have walked up on the day. So it, 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 the club have lost out on income and also building the fan base, isn't it, Tom? And that's huge. At this, yeah, that was good. But this was a really good game after the Brighton game to build the fan base and keep going, wasn't it? And it, it's, that's it's going to kick the club, kick the club as well, and their their plans. Yeah, of course it has. You know, because you know we had a the record breaking attendance against Brighton, and then all of a sudden you've got a Black Country derby the week after and you know I've seen on, on, on X that there's a lot of disappointed fans um after that game who wanted to attend and who wanted to watch this game and um ultimately you know we couldn't allow everybody to to come and watch it at, at Compton and the club's lost revenue. Um you know I think as you said our three hundred tickets already sold we'd have had more than that just turn up on the on the gate and brought tickets at the gate. So we could have been looking around Easily seven hundred. I could have easily. Um, yeah, if you look at some of the attendance we've had, we could have easily got seven hundred for this Black Country derby, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's disappointing from a fan's point of view and from a club point of view because ultimately the club have lost out on on, on some good revenue. Yeah, I I think I don't think the club are faultless on this. I think they could have be there could have been some better communication especially once they sort of announced the pitch inspection was happening shortly and then went really quiet for a long period. I think they could have come out and said they were trying to source alternative venues. So people knew to keep an eye on Twitter or X and, and you know, keep an eye on social media. That that could have that would have been beneficial, wouldn't it? Yeah, without a doubt, because I know that, you know, as soon as um, that went on Twitter, People are just going to go, oh, it's just going to be postponement and people will walk away rather than, you know, they just put a post up after with a ticket link and then within five minutes, them tickets were snapped up and then people was like, oh, well, what happens now with with our tickets, what we've already bought? So um, ultimately, yeah, I think that a post could have gone out to say, well, we're going to try and look at alternative venues, hang fire and keep an eye on, on, on the socials and that's what we should have done, but... Um, ultimately, you know, there's, there's fans. There's always going to be fans. What are, what is going to miss out? Because I think that I don't know why they cap it at 150 at Compton. Uh, I I just think it's a silly number. I think they can get more in. Um, you know, and if a Wolves women game as well, there's hardly any trouble. I don't. There's never been any trouble at a Wolves women game that I've attended at. So you know, I don't think there's going to be any trouble there. I just don't get why they cap it at 150 when you could allow more in. I expect it's just general traffic, weights of limits, you know, sort of parking, etc. But uh, as you said there, Tom, those tickets went like a, like a Taylor Swift concert. We Wolves women, the Taylor Swift of women's football. There you go. There's the headline, isn't it, Tom? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I think just and just finally with Telford, just uh, well, before we get onto the football itself, um, four pound fifty three for a refund for a five pound ticket. It it it, it grates slightly, doesn't it, Tom? That we've been that fans are being treated like that. I, I think I I read the small print afterwards and went, oh, you know, it's it's there in the small print. There's there's an admin charge. It's a bit a bit, bit galling, though, isn't it? Yeah, I think this is more down to Telford than it is Wolves. I think mm. you know it's fair ticket system. So ultimately, you know, Wolves Wolves ain't to blame. It it's Telford, but mm. um, I believe that if if you're gonna go- going to grab a fan base and you want more people to attend then you know you need to respect the fans um you know at the end of the day i can understand if it was a fan that you know wanted to um couldn't go to the game bought tickets and then wanted to be from men i can understand that because it's the fans fault then but when um yeah, when, when, the whole when it's a club's fault, when it's a club's fault, and it you know the game can't be played and the club ultimately postpone it, then um, I think that you know fans should receive a full refund. And at the end of the day, you know it might not seem a lot. Um, was it forty or, or forty pence a ticket? Was it? It's something like this. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. At the end of the day, it might only be that, but ultimately that all adds up. 
yeah. over how many tickets are sold. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's about respecting fans. It could be 40p or £40. You respect the fans and the fans will keep coming back. If you don't, then, you know, the fans are not going to turn up or, or not going to buy tickets in advance. So, yeah, I think it's more Telford's um, problem than Wolves. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Telford do about this situation and whether, you know, they start issuing full refunds going forward. But you would hope they would. Yeah, I mean, they what they should really have done was they should credit notes and so therefore you can re- get get your money back for buying other tickets. That would have been they they would have got the full five quid and everyone would have been happy. Right, let's talk about the football. Um, though, let let's be honest, Tom. That first, well, I was going to say that first ten minutes wasn't great, was it? It was um, it, to be sort of two 0 down in the Black Country derby within first ten minutes is it, just painful. Yeah, with that first goal, I think, you know, was it 30 seconds into the game? Yeah. Um, you know, just poor defending. You know, you can't like, you can't give them room to get dabbling and then that ball come in the box. It's just someone needs to get ahead on it and they don't. Um and if the total worst start you can have, isn't it? Yeah. Uh and then, you know, soon after West Brom again, you know, get the ball into the box. I ball into about and then I think Beck Thomas is responsible. I think she could do better there. Uh, but again, it's poor defending again. I think the defence needs to be doing better to help out the keeper. Um, but, you know, um, ultimately, you know, it's, it's how you pick yourselves up from that because after going 2 new down so early on in such a big game as it is, you know, you've got to be able to pick yourselves up and, and, and Wolves did that. Well, yeah, we've just seen Ellie Wilson there on the. We're just watching the footage back, and we've just seen how Ellie Wilson do what Ellie Wilson does, isn't it? You know, corner into the box. Who's there at the back? Sticks ahead. You know, sort of coming in from the back and headed in. But Ellie Wilson, she's just she's been a revelation this season, hasn't she? Since joining. Yeah, she, she's fantastic. She's a brilliant defender. Brings something different to the squad, mm-hmm. and ultimately from set pieces, she is a danger. And she's shown that this season, and she's chipped in with some big crucial goals as well. And when you then you turn her down in such a big game like that, that gets confidence back in. That one chance that she created there gets us back into the game, and then all of a sudden, you know, the confidence in the team changes. So, yeah, she comes up with crucial goals at crucial times. Well, that's it. And of course, we sort of we very much grew into this into this game in that first half, and we got this moment, you know, sort of Beth Amber. They all had really good chances and should have been. We should have been level by half time, shouldn't we? Realistically, yeah, without a doubt. You know, after that goal went in, you know, Wolves was on top, was dominating. West Brom, I think, at the end of that first half, looked a bit tired. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of their players was huffing and and puffing on that pitch. So, um, yeah, I think you know we was creating chances, but I think, again, Amber, I think that she lacks confidence at the minute. I think at the minute she's lacking that little bit of confidence. I think there's one shot I've seen where, you know, Prime Amber, when she's on form, when she's on, on um, she, she would have took just whacked that. I mean, she didn't. She took an extra touch. Mm-hmm. And at times I think that's the confidence. Um, and it's more mental confidence than anything else. So, yeah. but, but if we wasn't creating them chances, I'll be more, um, you know what I mean? But she, if you were creating the chances, then you know, I'll be more concerned. But, we are creating the chances. We just need to find a way of putting the ball in the net. Yeah, and in that, sort of, as I said, we went into the break at sort of um, two-one down, but very much on top. But the the second half, we didn't it didn't really click for us, did it? It just it, it seemed to be sort of ad hoc attacks that just didn't feel like the team that we know. The team that we know can just sort of steamroller Albion normally. It just didn't quite work for us, was it? No, it didn't. And I think Albion made it difficult for us at times. You know, they had something to hold on to. So, you know, Wolves had to try and change it up a bit. And, you know, it was trying long balls, but with Albion's defence, that wasn't working. Um, But for me, I think the game changed when we brought Summer Holmes on. I think that Summer really brought something different to that midfield and it really changed us. Completely agree. I thought it was, I mean, one, it was really good to see some back on the pitch full stop. And she's been, you know, she's a quality midfielder, quality sort of presence on that pitch. And she just seemed to, considering what we know someone can be like on a pitch, especially in a black country derby, um, let's not talk about the boxing match last this time last year. Um, she had a calm 
and, and real sort of you know sort of maturity almost on the bit on the pitch. I'm not saying that the others weren't mature, but it's just it oozed class when Summer was on the pitch. Um, and obviously we grabbed the late late equaliser with Jay Cross, you know, popping up. I and mean, you know she doesn't get the game time she probably you know sometimes she probably deserves, but she scores important goals, doesn't she? Yeah, and I think, you know, late on in that game, that ga- the game was crying out for Jade. Mm. I thought, I, when was, I could see West Brom tiring. Mm. I just thought, get Jade Cross on. Just get Jade Cross on. She would run him silly at the back. Mm. And, you know, ultimately she got a chance in the box and she took it. It wasn't the cleanest of goals, but it was a, a goal which was crucial and, you know, ultimately, you know, gets us to, 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 to a final. Well, exactly. I think it's just worth noting, whilst... We weren't at our best. Albion didn't produce anything. Not really. You know, they might have had the odd set piece or whatever. But once they went 2-0 up, that was it. They were they didn't produce anything, did they? They let's be honest, they were shit. Yeah, they we went 2-0 up and I think we just thought, well, we'll sit back now. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't work for them. But other than them two chances, which I think was mistakes from Wolves. Um, ultimately, you know, they didn't look threatening at all. Um, so you know, it was lucky in the end for Wolves because you know when you can't afford to give teams two new leads every week. Um, but ultimately, you know, I think over the ninety minutes on the on the chances that we created, I think that we deserved to to go through at the end. I, I think it says a lot as well about mental position of teams as well because when the ninety minutes finished, um. The Albion players almost celebrated that they got to the end of ninety minutes. It, but Wolves were right; we got penalties. We 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 we're going on to the next stage. It's not over. You know, it's not done. Whereas Albion were high fiving each other, and thinking all you've done is get through ninety minutes. You've not finished the game yet. And I think that says a lot about the mentality of Wolves players here, and and credit therefore to Macca that they know they've got a job to do, and it's not over till that last kick of the ball, uh, and they you've got to keep going all the way through. Um, yeah, like, go, sorry, go on. Yeah, without a doubt on that, I think that you know it shows the difference between the two clubs that you know Albion can celebrate getting a draw in 90 minutes against Wolves, and I think that's a good result. But for us, you know, that's not so it's the levels and the expectations of the two clubs as well. You yeah. know, what I mean, that shows how far we are, and yeah, I just it's just crazy to think that you know and for years and years they was always ahead of us so yeah. well they've had one one season longer in this sort of yeah about, well technically three seasons because obviously because of the COVID but they've been in this tier well yeah double mm-hmm. t- double race to what we've been in there um, we, we criticised Beck for that, that certainly the second goal um, but penalty you know penalty shoots out she steps up didn't she I mean here's the first save Absolute beast, you, you know, of a save there. You know, you knew what was that Beck's got that confidence with penalty shootouts, don't you? Yeah, without a doubt. I think that, you know, she's got a very good record on penalties, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that I knew when it was going straight, I thought it was going to extra time first. So I thought when it was going straight to penalties, I thought I've always got confidence in Beck and I thought Beck's going to save one here. And, and she didn't only save one, but she saved two. And it, yeah. She, she's gone from making that mistake, but she made up for it in the shootouts because she got us through ultimately. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, and even when you look at the other two penalties that she faces, she does well against them as well. She wasn't like they sort of, um, you know, yeah, she was, yeah, beaten hands down. And you certainly, when you look at sort of the, the opposition's penalties uh, saves that, or Nike saves, and we've just seen desks go, go in, it was easily uh, a much more confident sort of performance um, from Beck in, in goal there. Uh, and talking about the penalties that go gone in, um, I think all of them, all our penalties were excellent, weren't they? Yeah, without a doubt. And I think, you know, Macca would have been working on that um, throughout midweek. I think Wolves have been prepared just in case. But it does go for penalties. And I don't think that West Brom was, I don't think. I think that, you know, Ultimately, I thought I would have thought that, you know, we'd probably lose it in 90 minutes. And I think, you know, the the change of venue helped them, I think. You know, and it, it played to their advantage more than it did us. Um, you know, so, but ultimately, you know, you could see that Wolves had 
been practicing on penalties throughout the week and it and it worked and some of their penalties was just incredible. Yeah, and I think you've got to pick out Anya Denham and uh, KJ as well because those two stepping up as youngsters, um, especially Anya, to take a penalty in that situation, you know, with everything that rides on it. Yeah, I was going to say balls of steel, but you, you know what I'm getting at there. Actual, you know, sort of nerves. The, the the nerves to be able to do that is huge, isn't it? Yeah, and and it's such a big game as well because you know it's a black country derby and there's a final and possibly a trophy for grabs. Um, so for such a young player to to step up and have the confidence, um, to even put the name forward to take one is, and then go up and and put it other way the way she did. It's just incredible, and you know, she's going to be a future star without a doubt. Yeah, no, definitely, and that and that's nine black country derby wins on the bounce. I mean. One or two of us might have been mentioning that quite loudly after the game, most of the Um But interestingly, it's the eighth Black Country Derby in the County Cup, but the first time the home team has won the game. There you go. Useless stat for you. Um, it, it, it's key, isn't it? We've got one more game this season, and we've just got to build up to it, haven't we, realistically? One more Black Country Derby, that is. Yeah, without a doubt now, and... <laughs> Double figures, ten in a row against the Albion. It, it's got to happen, isn't it? Um, there's a chance that we could get ten. I'm hoping that the club are brave enough to put it at Molyneux because you know we're not in a we're not in a title race. So there's there's nothing on there's nothing to to really play for now. Other in league games other than our pride um, and ultimately you know the girls can go out and just enjoy the football um, until the obviously county cup final comes along so I mean that's the only thing we've got to play for so I can't see reason why we can't put it at Molyneux and get a, get a big crowd down there you know a Molyneux a black country derby fans are going to turn up for it you know we see West Bromwich Albion and and, 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 and ultimately you know the men's team are beaten this year the women's team have already beat them twice. You've had the under twenty ones beat them, and there was a chance for another victory against them all in one season. You know, fans ain't going to turn their nose up at that. So, yeah. get it at Molyneux and let's have ten in a row against the Baggies in the Golden Palace. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, I think it was just before we sort of wrap up this half. But, um, I really like. I'm going to pick out sort of one player's reactions on on, on Twitter, and it's. It was Misha Dudley-Jones, obviously cup, cup tied, so she couldn't play. But her tweet after the game was just brilliant. I don't know where you saw it, Tom, but she just tweeted out, Matthias Cunha's celebration from the the men's FA Cup game. That was it. That was her tweet. It was brilliant. You just knew what she was saying. Just, yeah. And considering she had previously played for them as well, that was, it. That was just pure, pure trolling by Misha, wasn't it? Yeah, without a doubt. Considering that, you know, we poached their best player, from West Brom, and then what? A couple of months after she leaves West Brom, she posts this hat on 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 Twitter. It's just, uh, you know, I'd like I'd love to see what the Albion players, what we our ex teammates thought about that. <laughs> but yeah, um, brilliant from Misha, and she's gonna go down well um, with the Wolves crowd. That's for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, well, Tom, that brings us to the end of the first half. We'll um, be back after the break to look ahead at the upcoming games, including the uh, Beck Thomas derby against Liverpool Feds and a big game against Forest. So see you all after the break. Go on. Welcome back to this edition of the Wolves Win Podcast and we'll dive straight into looking ahead to the Liverpool Feds game. Um, Tom, I mean, they're, you know, as we joked at, at the beginning, at the end of the last one, last, uh, the last half, they, it's the Beck Thomas Derby after her short loan spell, isn't it, really? Yeah, um, you know, she done well when she went on, on that emergency loan, didn't she? Um, so, you know, it'll be... I think it'd be great for her to start against uh, Feds. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and currently, Feds are sitting uh, fourth in the league. Um, they've played a couple of games more than us and are five points ahead. So it, it's not real sort of demonstration of where the, the, the teams are at the minute, I'd say. Um, but obviously, they've had a really good season, haven't they, Feds? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, we sat here at the beginning of the season when we've done our... Seasons preview and expected. 
allow feds to struggle. Um, but ultimately they've proved us so wrong. Um, you know, they look a really good team. And I think as you know, Maka says, um, they've proven themselves that they can compete at the top of this league. And, you know, they've brought in some good players um and they've gelled into their squad and they've got given tier three a really good goal now. So credit to them. They're having a fantastic season and, and this will not be an easy game for Wolves. No. I mean, obviously, the one player that we all knew about from last season, Rachel Derbyshire, who's the goalkeeper, has moved on, uh, unfortunately, for Feds. Um, but they've got Rachel Norney in now. And I mean, she saved a penalty in their last game against Forest. So she's obviously a, a quality keeper. I mean, in the last game, they drew against Forest. And the one before they, that, they beat Fylde 2 1. So they're, they're doing well um, um, in this league. and But they're about to start a run of six away games. Um, followed by how about this? Their so their last game of the season is at home to Wolves, so it's just it's crazy run of games for them, isn't it? Yeah, it was for six having six away games on the on the trot now, and then not having your next home game and, and until May may have effect on them. Um, you know because ultimately you know you want to play in front of your own fans, don't you, more than? But you know. It's just the way the fixtures have. I think we've had a few fixtures changed, didn't they? Mm. Um, I know this one has moved around a lot as well. So it's just unfortunate for them that you know they're having now to play six six on the bounce away. Um, but ultimately, you know, I think you know they will give us a good game and and they will be tough to beat. So you know, it's not a game that we can just walk into and, and expect to win because you know they're going to give us a, a good game and we're going to put up a good fight. Yeah, it's interesting. I think our defence is is that bit tighter uh, than theirs. But we've both scored about the same number of goals in the league, um, about 20-odd goals. Yeah, so obviously once you pro-rata that against the game, so games, goals, goals per game are about the same. So it's, it is going to be a really tough, tough game. Um, interestingly, um, I was listening to the Offside Rule pod uh, earlier today, um, which had Tash Dowie, uh, Natasha Dowie, ex of Liverpool and England, among other clubs, and she's involved with Feds, um, and so she gave um, Lindsay Hooper, one of her own, um, some insights of who to sort of look out for in the the Feds team. So you had so she, these are the four players she picked out. So Beth Donahue up front, who scored against Forest, Alicia Collins, who's a pacey player, you know, quite fast player. Um, Chantel Thompson, who I, I know listens to this podcast whenever we mention Feds. So, hello, Chantel, who's the Feds captain. And Emma Johnson, who's a, one, a versatile player who can play sort of a bit like KJ, who can play sort of in defense, anywhere in defense and anywhere in midfield. Um, so, there's some really good players, as you say, Tom, in that team, isn't that? It's going to, I think we've said it, Mac has said it, it's going to be a bloody tough game. Um, and I think last time we played them at home, we, we beat them 2 1, but it was a real battle, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And I think that, you know, if we look at every time we played them this season, I think the first time that we come against them on the opening game of the season uh, at their place, um, you know, they gave us a good game and it finished 1-1 and they was tough to break down. And they're very physical side as well. So, you know, the score goals, and they're scoring a lot more now than there was last season. So they're more of a threat up front. So, yeah, but they could cause us real problems if we're not on our game. So, you know, we need to be switched on, we need to be alert and, you know, otherwise, you know, there's a possibility we could lose this if, if we're not at our best. So, you know, we need to be at our best and hopefully, you know, we'll come away with a few points. But as I say, you know, feds are not going to be a walkover. They never no. are. No, agreed. I mean, Tom, I presume having had the two games against Starbridge and Fard postponed, you'd look to start a similar sort of team to what um, started or started against sort of Brighton and uh, and West Brom, maybe with Morph coming in and uh, in, uh, in there and dropping someone like one of the four players in and pushing Beth Merrick, uh, Beth Robertson out, uh, Beth Roberts out wide. Is that what your thoughts are? Yeah, I think that then my thoughts about bringing some of Holmes in, I think that she's got to start um, this one. I think that, you know, she'll make a difference in the midfield. Um against the Albion game and if she's fully fit to start then I think that she, she should be starting as well but you know, just we've got to field our best strongest 11 that we got possible um, I think uh, is Shan away? Is uh, she Shan will be back. She will be back but she'll be back She's not played yes. obviously for a little while so mm. So that's the only dilemma I think that Mac has got 
currently de-sticked with Beck, who, you know, was a penalty hero uh, against the Albion, or does does she put, um, does he put Shannon? So I mean, that's the only real dilemma Mac has got in terms of team selection for this one. Um, but you know, ultimately, you know, I think I'll definitely start summer because I think that you know she changed that midfield and she brought that calmness against Albion, and I think that's what we need against Fed. Somebody in that midfield who's going to be calm and yeah, and yeah. Ultimately, probably be I'll probably say Tammy and um, yeah, Tammy and Summer. I'll start in midfield. I was going to say, and Summer likes a good physical game as well. My my only concern with Summer is about is well, she played half an hour or so against the Albion is whether she'll be match fit enough to do 60 minutes against Feds in what will be a physical game or whether she'll be better off coming on as those fresh pair of legs to go go into battle, for want of a better terminology, in the second half and just give them a, a bit of a, you know, sort of be more sort of robust then. But that's, I think you're right. I think we'll see somewhere in the, this game. I think she'll be, you know, she'll, she deserves it. She's earned that right to play this game after that performance against Albion. Um, yeah, to me, to me on that point as well. I'd, that's why I'd draw going back to when um, Ford postponed the game. I'd hope that Ford had postponed it in midweek so Wolves could have got a behind closed doors friendly or something just to get keep players fit and, and match fitness, not just training fitness. Because when you have so many games in a row, what's our, you know, what I mean, to, if if we could have got a preseason, um, not preseason uh, friendly behind closed door friendly last week. Summer probably could have come on there and probably think, well, yeah, she's fit enough to start this game. So now there's that question mark whether she will be fully fit to start. But ultimately, if she doesn't start, then I think we'll definitely be seeing her in the second half. Yeah, definitely. So, score prediction then, Tom. What do you think the score's going to be? I'm going to think, I think both teams will score. And I'm going to, I'm going to go with Wolves 2-1. Same to be fair, I think that's it's it's that's the sort of game it's going to be. It's going to be. I think it might be really. It'll be really tight. I think it'll be a late one as well. Tammy's due a worldie for me. Tammy is due a worldie, and while she didn't have the best game against Albion, I think having a, a week, basically a week off, ten days off, I think she'll from playing. I think you'll do with the world of good, and she'll get she'll be on fire for this one, and and she'll score a worldie. Go on, mate. yeah. You know, as I say, Tammy didn't have the best game um, against the Albion, but she's had that break now. I think that's what she needed is a, f- a few days break. Um, and hopefully, you know, she comes back and, yeah, you know, you know what Tammy does. She crops up, pops up anywhere on the pitch and, you know, she does what Tammy does to us. And, you know, when she scores, they're not tappings, are they? They're just proper belters. So um, she's due one. You know, hopefully she does one at, at Telford. Yeah, no, definitely. Let's move on to the Forest game. Uh, 10th of March, um, since they got spanked in the FA Cup, I enjoy saying that, spanked off Everton. Um, they've only played Feds and drew one all. Um, so I think they've, they've... And Carla Davis has also got been given Manager of the Month awards. Uh, so I think that the Manager of the Month award curse might have hit for them. Ho- ho- hopefully it's hit for them. Um, they're playing Halifax... Oh, I was going to say it's due to play Halifax away, but that's been flipped that game. So they got, he's going to be at home. Um, so Tom, this is going to be a real tough game and a bit of a grudge match, isn't it? Against the, the, after having played them twice already this season. Yeah, of course. And I think you know, be giving me incidents what happened um, when we played them previous this season. Um, I think that you know Wolves will want to get revenge and uh, and get their own back on Forest. Um, ultimately, I don't think Forest are, are going to win the title now. I think it's it's Newcastle's mm-hmm. um, to lose at the end of the day. So, you know, coming into this one, I think both teams will be probably playing for pride more than anything. Um, but ultimately, you know, I think it's well, what Wolves will want to win this game. I think you now, given what what happened in previous games, yeah, and certainly, I mean, when you consider how good Wolves were and ha- how similar a level Forest were to us uh, as well. It, it, there isn't that much difference. I think, really do think that this is one the club needs to be really pushing because if we could get a big home crowd and really big partisan crowd in, it will make a big difference. You know, we saw what, what the players talked about um, in the in the Brighton game. It, not necessarily expecting a similar sort of size crowd, but a similar noisiness, you know, crowd with similar sort of noise levels. That'll be really key, won't it, Tom? 
yeah, you know, the fans um, push this team on at times. Um, you know, I don't, I don't. It's like that Reading game. I don't think we, you know, we, we didn't take many down to Reading, but the noise levels from from that small crowd, what we did take to Reading, push that team on. Uh, ultimately, you know, that's helped Wolves get that win that day. So we need to bring that at home, and it helps, you know, playing some of these games at at, at the new book said because I think that, you know, if you put games like Forest one at Molyneux, then you know you don't always get that noise level, do you? Um, because it's a big stadium, so we've got a small stadium at Telford. Let's get it rocking. You know, we won it like the Derby game last year. I think the Derby, but when we deny that penalty, but the fans really push the team on, and that's probably the best atmosphere um, I've seen uh, since we went since we moved to Telford at that Derby game. So I think we need an atmosphere like that help push the team on, and you know, hopefully get a win against against Forest. Yeah, the the, the team deserve a win against Forest and certainly the way they've been pl- they played the last two games they didn't deserve to lose both of them um and I think we yeah we the club need to really step up the marketing for that Forest game and really get as many fans down there as possible um score prediction then Tom for this Forest game it's got to be a tough game um I want to go two one wolves again. I'm not going to go back against wolves, so I'm going to go two one wolves. I'm going to go one nil wolves. Um, I think it's going to be. A, I, I think it will be a penalty. I think it will just be it'll be really tough, but I think we'll get a penalty. Um, and morph will slam it away, and that'll be it. And the get will just shut up shop and we'll manage the game out. Um, and they'll get, they'll get really frustrated, um, which will be hilarious. Um, one thing for everyone to bear in mind with both of these games, do check um, about road closures. There's roadworks on the motorway on the M54, so please do check what road closures there are because it could, you know, and leave enough time to get down to the new books head ahead of that. And, you know, get down there early, get start, you know, sort of getting in, into the, you know, sort of get around the ground, make a bit of noise beforehand and uh, enjoy it. But yeah, please do make sure you check the uh, the road closures. Um, why they couldn't have closed them at night, I don't know. But there we go. Right, Tom. Let's let's. I'm going to bring a couple of questions actually at this point because I mean we're looking. We talked about that Feds game, but we are looking at that weather forecast, aren't we? At the minute, and it's it should be okay um, as long as it's just as long as it doesn't turn to proper snow. Um, but our mate Danny, aka Baltimore Wolves. Um, He's uh, he's given us well two favors of the same question. Um, given all the postponements, have you all cleared your schedules for the next month so you can make it a game every three to four days? And whilst that is a sort of bit tongue in cheek, his more sort of serious version is how equipped are Macca and the rest of the team for dealing with a congested running, um, which might include some midweek games. Um, I think it's worth noting we've only got one free week weekend at the minute. And we've got two games that have been postponed. So it's likely that Starbridge will go to a midweek, assuming we don't get given a walkover for the field. Um if we don't get if we get what if this Feds game gets postponed, then Tom, we could well find we're getting more midweek games. And that's not going to be great for the players, is it? No, and it ultimately don't help Liverpool Feds either. Mm. Um, you know, having to travel down on a midweek. I personally don't think this game will be postponed. Um I think that Due to the, the fact that, you know, we've already got numerous games uh, when either we schedule, we've got the fall game, what obviously needs to go in somewhere as well. Um, and ultimately, that will be the free weekend if it goes ahead and the league um, doesn't give us a walkover. Um, but ultimately, I think if, if the Telford pitch is unplayable, then this game will get a flip to Compton. Yeah. Given, given the, the number of games that we've got, but what I've been postponing in recent weeks, but we didn't play the last two. We, we can't afford to have three games in a row to um, postpone. So I did the same what we did against the Albion, flip it, play at Compton, so we get the game out of the way and then focus on on the next one. Um, so if it, that's if the pitch is unplayable, um, hopefully, you know, it'll just be um, showers and, and not heavy rain or snow. Yeah, and I, I think, no, this is not, being disrespectful to Fylde. Whilst they do bring some fans, they don't bring huge number of fans that you're likely to get with a with a, um, with a West Brom or a Forest. Um, so therefore, 
it's more likely that there's going to be, you know, there won't be the issue with capacity numbers and restricting numbers in the same way um, as there would be um, with some of those other games. So I think you're right, Tom. I think they will flip this one to keep the games going because I think, you know, the Macca must be frustrated. I mean, we've got 11 games. We've only played 11 games in a 22-game season. You know, this is the joke. We're we're over halfway through the season. We've 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 not only played half the games, um, so there's going to be as as Danny's rightly put picked up that you know there could well be issues. Um, Starbridge will go back to midweek. Um, they might not play the Feds game midweek. The Feds did play Stoke so midweek, so they might well say yeah, fine, we'll we'll stick it in midweek um, to save rearranging other games because um, it's not that much further down the M6 to get down to to Telford. Um, but again, yeah, it just we the league's got to look at how we try and get some of these more of these games played early. They need to spread out the league cup more. The league cup could get stretch further into the season, so you get more league games played in the early part of the season. Right, let's look at some other news then before we do, before we wrap up. Um, the reserves, I, I, we must give a really big shout out, Tom, to the um, reserves team, the under twenty ones. They lost in their league cup semi final. 1-0 to a first-half penalty. I mean, how gutting must that be to just lose by that against a, what, yeah, what, what I'm told is a really good Bournemouth team? Um, that must be really tough for those girls to take. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, from what I've heard, they played well in that game as well mm. um, and gave Bournemouth a good go. And, and to lose it by, you know, a penalty is it, hard to take. Um, but ultimately, you know, we've had a fantastic season. Um, you know, we've got this far, and you know, it's experience, and they'll, and they'll learn from it. Um, you know, you don't always learn by winning everything at a young age, you have to learn from defeats as well. And I'm sure that uh, as well, this one will hurt a bit, but they'll bounce back and, and they'll learn from it. I, I was just going to say exactly the same thing. Uh, yeah, when you're doing development football, you don't lose, you learn. And I think that it's going to be, whilst they'll be hurting at the minute, it's that when they sit down back at the end of the season, they will gain a lot from that that loss and sort of the resilience, the mental resilience they'll gain from from going through that process uh, is is going to be huge for them. They've just got to pick themselves up, go again. They've got Donny Bells away in the next game and then home to Lincoln. So put those are the games. Let's put it right in those games and crack on. Um, I think they they've done themselves and the club really proud and they should be really proud of themselves and should get that um, recognition off the, off the whole club for that and you know they've got to a semi final of the cup which let's be honest is no um, you know is a, is it's not easy is it in any league or in any competition? No, it's not. You know to get that far to get to a semi final, you know it is hard work and. You know, they're putting some fantastic performances um, to get there. So we should be proud of what we've achieved. Um, and as I say, you know, you, you learn from, from games like that and, you know, they'll bounce back and, and they'll be back stronger for it. Yeah. And a couple of the under-21s have been away this last week with the English Colleges FA over in Rome in Italy for an Italian t- tournament, which, so that's Beth Marriott uh, um, and Sasha Kayat. Um, which the English Colleges FA won today, um, 3-0 against Lithuania. So congratulations to Beth and Sasha for bringing home the silverware. Um, moving on to another one of our youngsters and somebody who we talked about earlier today, um, Anya Denham. Um, first of all, congratulations to her for her call-up to the Welsh under-19 squad. and where who, They played Scotland and whilst Wales lost um, 5-2, Anya scored both goals, Tom, on her under-19s debut. That's some performance, isn't it? Yeah, without a doubt. You know, to step up on your international debut and and to score twice is incredible. And, you know, from day one, where we saw her um, on her debut at Wolves and with her, with her first touch, scored that brilliant goal. And it's like, she's going to be special. And, you know, I won't be surprised in... In a few years' time, if if, if she isn't one that's going to go to the top and, and will be in that WSL because she's really, really, she's got a really special talent there. And, you know, as much as we would like her to stay at Wolves for the next three or four or five years, um, ultimately, you know, I think that she, she's going to be in the WSL. And, you know, credit to her because she's a fantastic talent. Yeah, and... um 
before we sort of talk about her, she's just actually just gone out on loan, but we'll talk about that in a second. She she played for Thomas Telford against the Starbridge Academy um, at midweek and put four goals past them there as well. Two in the first half, two in the second. Um, but she's gone out on loan I, to Kelsa. I, I think this is a really good move for her, Tom. She's getting first team football. I mean, she... She played for Wales in the 19s on the Saturday and uh, made a debut there. And then on the Sunday, she made a debut for Calcer against uh, against Posh. Yeah, that's some um, some performance there, isn't it, to do that in a weekend. Um, but that move to Calcer, Tom, it, that's going to be really good for her, isn't it? Yeah, they are. And Calcer's got quite a few of our ex-players and a few loanies, isn't it? So, um, ultimately, you know, she's going to learn more of getting for more first team performance um first team performances there. Um so yeah and, and they're high flying as well. Um Kelsey and Maria are trying to get into our tier. So you know she's gonna learn a lot more um by going into that division, playing regularly, players probably starting um week in, week out where probably in Miss League but she wasn't getting an opportunity and she's coming off the bench. But you know, for me, as I say, you know, um, it's about getting getting her experience, and I think you know it worked for KJ when KJ went on loan to Tier Four, and you know, look how look how that panned out for her, and now she's well and truly a part of our setup here in the first team. So I won't um, be surprised if we don't see um, Anya Demon um, starting in in this Wolves team next season. Um, but yeah, it's a very good loan move for her, and she's going to learn a lot from it. Definitely, definitely. So all the best, Anya, with Kelsa. Go and smash it in that, that division and um, score lots of goals for Kelsa. Um, it'll help in the long run. Um, Tom, before we wrap up, last couple of bits of business. Player of the month for February. Um, you know, we have actually had some games in February. Not all necessarily gone our way, but there's been some really good performances out there. Um, start with Beck Thomas. Tom, can you say a few words about Beck? Yeah, without a doubt, you know, I think for the um, penalty shootout heroics, I think she deserves to be in it just for that alone. Um, but yeah, ultimately, you know, um, Beck's a, a decent keeper. Um, and, you know, them, them two saves in that shootout was just brilliant against the baggies. So, yeah, well done, Beck. Um, the, one of the others, in well, one of the four that's in there is Beth Merrick, who obviously scored stepped up and took the penalty against Brighton. You know, high pressure pressure situation to put the ball on the spot and bury it away like she did was, uh, you know, I know overall performance over the last couple of weeks as well as, you know, been outstanding. Um, we know what she, this playing for this team means to her. Um, so, yeah, so Beth Merritt, definitely. Um, Tom, a few words on Ellie Wilson, please. Yeah, that has been fantastic, isn't she? Um, you know, she's been a revolution for us at the back. Um, great defender, and you know, she pops up with crucial goals, doesn't she? Um, you know, at the right times, as we said earlier, and you know, she she got us back into the game at the Albion. So, yeah, fantastic, Freddie. Uh, and fourth, but not and certainly not final. Um, Merrick Will, I think, has been a player who we've seen constantly, sort of. Doing the you know doing going about her business really quietly making making waves but without making the noise. Um, I think that's going to be she's had a really good season for us and really sort of cemented herself into the team. And I think it's not just that her on the pitch presence; it's her off the pitch as well. I think she's a real sort of uh, um, great ambassador for the club as well. So that that vote will be out shortly. Um, probably after the Fed's game. Um, so, But it would be really important to obviously have your votes on your say on that because it's your player of the month for February. Um, wrap up with um, pick up about a friend of the show and friend of Wolves women. Um, Manny, he's walking, he's doing the bloody daft thing of walking from Wolverhampton to Newcastle um, to raise money for Dementia UK. Um, absolute bloody legend. Manny, you're mad as a bag of frogs for doing that personally but um, it's great what he's doing isn't it Tom incredible um, you know to for what he did it at Stamford Bridge um, Lord Stamford Bridge that was brilliant but to go all the way to Newcastle on foot walk it from Montague to Newcastle is well, it's just incredible isn't it and it's all for a good cause and yeah Manny's just Manny's just a legend isn't he um, so yeah well done Manny and keep going and yeah, hopefully see you in there on, on Saturday. 
Yeah, and he uh, oh, he organised for Tammy George's FA Cup shirt to be donated for to dementia, you know, to for sale for Dementia UK because somebody made a five hundred pounds donation to Dementia Dementia UK for Tammy's FA Cup shirt, um, and I believe that's the highest that any highest amount of money anyone's paid for a women's football shirt, certainly domestic women's football shirt. Um, so. Manny, you're doing amazing things. Keep going. Um, we're all with you. And, yeah, we'll look forward to seeing you at another Wolves women game soon. You don't have to walk to those too far, mate. Um, really don't. Um, but good luck. And if you have got a few quid to spare, please do donate. Manny, um, we'll put a link in the, into the notes for the, you know, into the notes for this and we'll share the link again. Um, so please do. Well, Tom, I think that brings us to the end of this show. Um, it's been a good one. Um, anything else we want to wrap up on before we, we finish? Um, no, I just want to say the black country's ours. <laughs> Definitely. Well, please, everyone, um, do sort of give us a follow on social media. We're on, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Blue Sky. Um, do drop us an email if you've got anything. Please do obviously buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash pod. Um, Unfortunately, we can't do nine-star reviews on Apple, Spotify, etc. So we'll just have to accept five-star ones. But please do sort of, or, or do two lots of five-star reviews for, ahead of the uh, ten on the row. But um, thank you very much, Tom, for an excellent show. No worries. Thank you for everyone for listening, and up the mighty wolves, as Tom said, the black country's ours. Mm-hmm.